don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's March 9th and time for your Social in 6 update. Every week, Eve and I will bring you the six most important news stories from the ever-changing landscape. To help you get a grip on what's going on and to give you plenty to talk about in the Social Minds Facebook group. So without further ado, let's get started. In Facebook's vision, Libra should become a global currency for billions of people. The first story here I'm actually very happy about. You're admitting that you were wrong about Libra. Why is that? Yes, Eve, I can't believe it. I've been such a supporter of Libra for so long. I honestly thought it would take off, but it doesn't appear that it is in the same way that we thought. MasterCard, Visa and PayPal are just some of the names that have crashed out of the project over the past year, as we know. And it also comes after a lot of scrutiny from governments around the world who have said that not only will Libra make money laundering easier, but that it could bring about instability to markets around the world. So what now? Facebook's plan is to essentially release a watered-down version of Libra. It'd be a devalued stablecoin, so aka a digital version of a government-backed currency. And essentially, the likelihood is that Libra will be used to make payments across Facebook, Instagram, in the same way that you'd use PayPal while you're shopping on eBay. Now, the Libra token will still be offered, and we can assume that there will be some crypto involvement. But one thing's for sure, it's a world away from the original thoughts we had for Libra as being this utopian cryptocurrency that will sort of bring about the end of the banking system as we know it. So earlier today, March 4th, Twitter announced that it will soon begin testing a new tool called Fleets. Eve, you're obviously a big Twitter fan. I want to get your thoughts on their new feature, Fleets, which is basically a version of Stories. Yeah, so if you thought LinkedIn was late to the party, wait till you hear this. Twitter has announced now that it's testing its own version of Stories, as we predicted last week when Twitter acquired Chroma Labs. Now, I have to admit, I wasn't expecting it to happen this fast. But Twitter is doing things a little bit differently. It's naming its version of Stories Fleets. And no other app, when they've copied Stories, has like tried to rename it or rebrand it into its own thing. And it's called Fleets because your ephemeral posts should be fleeting thoughts that don't hang around for very long. Now, apparently the messages will still be text-based, just like tweets are, but they can include pictures and videos too. And they'll live outside of the main feed and obviously disappear after 24 hours. Now, Twitter said that Fleets won't get retweets, they won't get likes or any public replies. And they also said, which I find interesting, people have told them in their early research that because Fleets disappear, they're going to feel more willing to share their casual everyday thoughts. Same way people use Snapchat. Snapchat so willingly because there's nothing there to hold them accountable. But honestly, like, think about Twitter. The majority of Twitter's users already don't care about being held accountable for what they've said after 24 hours. So I can only imagine the kind of things people are going to feel free enough to say now. And I am a little bit annoyed because I think this could damage their USP if they aren't careful. But the marketer in me is very curious to see how this affects content creation and consumption on the platform. WhatsApp now has dark mode. Finally. Next up, an update from WhatsApp. It's finally gotten dark mode. Yeah, you know, I was surprised about this update, Eve, because it seems like the world has been talking about dark mode for months. Now, maybe it was just a slow rollout before, or maybe just rumors that it was on its way. But as of last Tuesday, iOS 13 and Android 10 users have been able to get the new update. Now, if you can't immediately see it, WhatsApp have said to update the app a couple of times and then it will appear. So long as your operating system as well is set to dark mode, WhatsApp should mimic that. So good news for people who are obsessed with dark mode. And there are a lot of people. I've never really got the hype myself, but there you go. Also, well, if you've got an older operating system, the advice has been that you can also set dark mode manually within WhatsApp. And you'll know that, you know, on social media, people are obsess over dark mode like we've already said i know when twitter got it it was like a massive thing and i think we're sort of cynics you know we've been told that it reduces eye strain and i didn't know this but apparently dark mode has been whatsapp's most requested feature i'm sure it's made a lot of people happy
again, go out and try it for yourself. They are working on finalizing a partnership program that is going to allow creators to earn money, which is huge. Eve, I'm starting to think if it's time for a career change. I'm seeing here that Byte will pay its creators up to 250 grand for good videos. Yikes, it's a lot, isn't it? So that's not each. I will just say off the bat that it's between about 100 creators to start, but it is still quite a sizable chunk of money. So for those that don't know, Byte is the Vine replacement and new TikTok challenger. And it seems to be starting out strong, to be honest. Now, it only had its full launch in January, but it's already launched a partner program, which is something a lot of apps take years to do if they ever do. Now, this program will be limited at first. Like I've said, only 100 creators will be included and they have to apply and then be chosen by Byte. And Byte says it's looking for people who regularly post, make full screen portrait videos and are positive members of the community, whatever that means. So I guess just no offensive content. It's also said it wants to support its creators who are committed to furthering their craft. Basically, it's, it's going to devote all of its advertising revenue, at least for the time being, towards this partner program. Now, I don't know if that's the wisest business move ever. It really does put everything in the hands of the creators and how well they do, like how much they adopt the app. But if it does pay off, then the reward is going to massively outweigh that risk. I think Byte is hoping to draw people away from TikTok, which doesn't give its users a way to make money, certainly doesn't pay them itself. And when Byte launched, the resounding opinion was that Byte would have to win over creators because Vine failed to do that. And they've definitely taken that advice to heart. Now it's time for this week's question from the audience and this time that question comes from Roland. Hi Theo, hi Eve, big fan of the podcast and love the Facebook group. My question is related to how-to content. We've seen an explosion of YouTubers and influencers and business professionals that are sharing their worldly knowledge which is amazing for the, the whole global community. But at some point, there has to be a saturation level. So my question or my thoughts to you is, where do you see how-to content going and developing in the future? Are there any trends that you can kind of share with us? Thanks very much in advance. Hi, Roland. Great to see you're a fan of the podcast and Facebook group. Now, in answer to your question, I don't think we will reach a saturation point in how-to content. It's still the most popular type of content on YouTube, and there is a reason for that. Naturally, every day we are looking to learn new skills and new things from experts on YouTube and other platforms in that sense. Now, you said about content trends that we've seen. I don't think we're going to see anything particularly groundbreaking in this space. I think we're going to make a move away from the cheesy kind of content marketing, 10 life hacks you need to know clickbait that we see. And instead, I think we should see an uptick in production quality as how-to content becomes more and more popular. Now, in terms of that popularity, you only need to look at the kind of demographics that use it. It's become the new Google search and everybody from the content marketer in your office to your mechanic down the road is using it to find out answers to their questions. Don't think it's going anywhere. Think it can only get more popular. Yes, thanks Roland for sending that in. And remember, if you want to send us a question yourself, all the details that you need will be in the description of this episode. Yeah, I love how Facebook and Instagram just like see what's happening and just like, oh, we can do that better and you don't have to get on another platform. Right, Eve, we don't always talk about IGTV in a positive light, but now it seems they're testing video responses. What will that mean? Yeah, I know. You're right. We actually don't. IGTV is testing a new feature now called Video Reactions, which lets people react to IGTV videos from their favorite accounts by creating their own videos, which they can then share with the original poster. Now, if that sounds familiar, it's probably because that is a direct ripoff of one of TikTok's 
most popular features called duets, where people can respond to TikToks with their own and layer them over the top to make a duet or film a creative response that often boosts the original video's virality. It's a really popular feature, and Instagram is once again pinching ideas from its competitors. So while I don't really necessarily approve of the tactics, I do think this feature suits IGTV quite well. I really like the idea that people can respond to your videos, whether you're a brand influencer or just a normal user, and it brings an element of social back into what is now just a video platform that really doesn't do much else. And it provides loads of opportunities for UGC or user-generated content. And I will be really interested to see what innovative ways people use this feature going forward because it's been a while since IGTV has had a new feature to play with. But of course, it is only in testing at the moment. Worldwide, the coronavirus death toll now tops 3,000 with nearly 90,000 cases. Our next story is about YouTube and they're demonetizing coronavirus content. Yes, after hearing that headline, you'd be forgiven for thinking that there is now a genre of coronavirus creators out there. No, actually, that's not the case. We'll go into that in a second. But YouTube's policy has long been to demonetize content that it deems as sensitive. And by demonetizing, we obviously mean YouTube doesn't show ads or pay creators a profit of what they make. Now they've turned their attention to content that covers the coronavirus. And before you think that there are such things as creators specializing in this space, it's clearly an international talking point. And we're sure everyone from creators to publishers, scientists, biologists, everybody has had an opinion on it. And a lot of that comes out in YouTube and in videos. Now, naturally, the creator community is up in arms about YouTube's decision, but they're not the only platform taking the virus very, very seriously. Facebook, Google, Amazon have all pulled out of major tech events this year, including F8, South by Southwest in Austin, and the IO 2020 developer conference that Google hosts over concerns about coronavirus. So there's been a massive concerted effort from tech to kind of lock everything down and really, really take it seriously. Yeah, Eve, a lot of exciting features are in testing at the moment. I said before, I wanted to get your opinions on Twitter stories. Now, you know, when we were then talking about it, you were saying, you know, is it a case of them chasing relevance? Has your opinion changed now that you actually know and sort of seen what the feature looks like? No, I'm really disappointed in them. <laughs> like I said, I am curious to see how it pans out. And it is only in testing in Brazil at the moment, but I just, I am worried about its USP as a platform. And by that, I mean short text-based updates. We've seen with Instagram, when stories come into platforms, people get a bit lazy with the feed. People don't use the feed on Instagram as much anymore. So if Twitter gets stories, will tweeting become irrelevant? That's something I really don't want to see happen. I don't want to see the function of the platform change that drastically, because I think ultimately it'll hurt them. You know, if you're going to use stories somewhere, you go to Instagram, let's mm, face it. So mm. yeah, I'm a little bit Skeptical. Yeah, I agree. You don't want to take the attention away from the main Twitter feed. And also the point, I think you've hit it bang on. People who are tweeting aren't really caring about the longevity of their tweets. People kind of tweet irreverent, short, funny things, feeling that they'll be there, they'll live on, yeah, and, you know, right. viral kind of wherever. Right, there's no and permanence uh, to them anyway, so. Well, exactly. So it is an interesting move. You know, I don't know if they're doing a Facebook and seeing it as another place for ad inventory. But yes, I agree with your point that, you know, we'd hate for it to take attention away from the main feed because they are having a real sort of revival at the moment, I'd say, as well. That wraps us up for this week. Thank you, Roland, for sending in your question. Yes, thank you. That was excellent. And if anyone else wants to send in a question and be featured on next week's episode, all the details to do so will be in the description. See you next week. Bye. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 